0: Well, good afternoon. I know you don't get to normally see me up here on a Sunday. So, if there's ever a time to question, you know, there's not many people that get let up in front of legacy, right? If there ever a time to question that, here's the tattooed, used to be long hair guy, just, just yeah, out of control sometimes. I'm just kidding. You know what? I love Jesus. And uh, I do want to, t- pastor's not here. I want to take this opportunity to say thank you for the opportunity. And if you can turn me down just a little bit, it's feeding back pretty good. So, thank you, Pastor. Um, we are I, I was we, we are in this series of I love revival. And we've we've been talking about revival and, and not just here, I've I've heard friends of mine that are pastors elsewhere and and, and just different uh, messages that I'll watch. There's there's a buzz in the air of revival. You know, I know whatever that came with, uh, you know, we, we there's there's arguments as as to whether or not it came in when when the election came by, and you know people are just they have the the this this thing that happens, but we're not going to go there. You know what? I think Jesus is speaking to his nation, and he is wanting revival to come in. You know, however, that has happened. Um, so, pastor has uh, tasked me with the the message um, praying for revival. And, You know, I do prayer time uh, usually in the mornings. So hopefully, we'll be able to dive in and, and learn a little bit about prayer and, and what it has to do with bringing in revival. All right. So from now on, when I say the word revival, or anybody says the word revival, okay, I'm going to change. I'm going to I'm going to switch it up for you just just a little bit, okay? I don't want you to think revival. Um, In terms of what I used to go to, uh, the 6.30 to 7.30, we plan it for a week and we're going to show up every day and we're going to hear a different speaker speak, okay? I want you to think about revival as just a real Holy Spirit fire that is going to take place in a building and he's going to wipe everything you could imagine clean and, and it's just a refreshing time, all right? So revival is not just this cliche word anymore to you. It is not uh, well what I used to do in the Baptist church. We'd we'd plan it uh, six months in advance, and we knew everything that was going to happen. And that's all good. And what really probably should have happened is we should have spent that time praying for revival. And then if we'd have stayed there and came back the next Monday, God may have just shown up, right? So, all right, turn to the person next to you. See, I got that fire. All right, you're gonna, This is going to be interactive because I'm not up here speaking by myself. Okay, so now you can turn to the the person next to you again and just be like, just and mean it with everything in your heart. Go ahead and look at him. Go ahead and look at him and say, "I'd really like to give Pastor Rob a hundred bucks." I'm just joking. I'm just joking, but I'm serious. Um, turn and look at him once more. And just say no, serious. If he preaches quick, I really want to give him hundred bucks. <laughs> All right. So what I did that, and that's you know, if you know me, I'm a cut up. That's what I am. I'm funny, but you know what? Um, we have to remember that God is fun. You know, I grew up uh, where sometimes God just wasn't fun. It was preached that God's not fun to me. But God, I'm just learning that if I'm created in His image, God is fun. He has a sense of humor. And we can have fun in Him. Right? Amen? Alright. But, there's also a time that we can be reverent. But here's the deal. I think that we can do both at the same time. I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, we did some, some real worship uh, a couple of years back. And I just remember it, it being a very intense... Uh, I can't remember the last time we've had this kind of in-depth worship experience. And so after that was over... Um, this, this visitor or guy, you know, we, I kind of knew him. Uh, we were, I was cutting up with, I'm not going to give any names, all the names are wiped and protected, so don't worry about that if you're watching. But I was, I was laughing and, and it was just, it was just this most powerful worship and, and there was this joy that just came over us and we were cutting up. Mr. Wally, you know exactly how we do, you know, and this guy looked at me and he said, and he was almost disgusted, he said, how can you do that? I said, do what? And what did I do? I'm thinking like I'm, I'm used to doing stuff and, and getting in trouble, but how do you do that? And I said, what? He goes, how do you go from worshiping and being so intense to just laughing and cutting up? And you know me, I'm, I'm pretty quick, but I was being serious. Worship should fill us with so much joy. And if we're living life together, and we're having fun together, we should be able to go in and out, worship, having fun, loving each other. And that's how it should work. Okay? It shouldn't be this. We're going to worship. Okay? And that's it. God's, God fills us with joy. Does He not? All right. So, praying for revival is something very important that I think the church should do. It produces life. Say life. Okay? Okay? We are a praying church, right? It produces joy. Say joy. Not just joy in the individual, but it produces a joy that can only be described as, as God sent. Okay? Ms. Miss, Miss Dot, we've been talking about that. Listen, I'll go into that further a little bit later, but you were you were hitting some chords. Okay? You got me. You got me. I was sitting right over there, and it was God sent. But the joy that I was talking about a few weeks ago, uh, I was dry. I was in a ditch. I I was feeling exactly how you were describing. And it was bad. God is the only one that could put that joy back in my life. Also, it's hope. If we're praying for revival, it's hope for the future. It's something to look forward to. So we should be excited, right? Right? Say, I got that fire. Fire. All right. (laughs) All right, I have a question. It's a serious question now. I'll, I'll tell you when I'm serious and when I'm joking, okay? Sometimes. A serious question. And you can think about this the entire message. And this is my best point, so think about it. If revival for this land depended on your prayer and your faith, and your obedience would we ever see revival that question hurt because they say the best preaching is when you're preaching to yourself right that question hurt if revival for this land depended on my prayer and my faith and my obedience would i ever experience revival I'm going to share with you really quick how I got saved. No, not too many people know this. I've never had an opportunity really to share this, but I figure what better time? You have to listen to me. So I grew up in uh, what, what some call the country. We uh, it's it's Ravenel, South Carolina. Back then we had uh, a blinking light. It wasn't even a stoplight. They they only wanted you to slow down through town. Okay, they just keep right on going because. You 're not going to get on our property or whatever, but my father took us to a little church called Adams Run Baptist Church, and I just remember um, I remember the, the i, I didn 't pay attention uh, I was I was a kid I was playing in the pews, and you know I probably brought my cars and I probably got enough spankings for doing whatever I was doing and um, but God was still speaking to me. I was a kid, and I remember. And, and I think they have it ingrained And probably marked off on the pew today But I remember the day that God called me And I had fingerprints right there Right there And you can probably see where two handprints Are on that pew today Because I was so scared to walk up And I remember a little bit I don't remember exactly what was said But our pastor would call the kids up And he would give a, a, a quick message Or a, um, what do they call it? A little object lesson okay? And he had this light bulb and he, would, he would hold it. There was nothing plugged to it. And back then, I was just like, just, wow, this, this guy has a light bulb. What's he going to do with it? I thought he was going to crush it and break it or bite it or something. I was like, yes, this is great. But he did something and it lit up. Nothing was plugged to it. And I can't remember the message exactly. But if you ever want to know if object lessons get people saved, it happened that day. So I walked up to the front and I asked Jesus into my heart. Now, I don't know if you're familiar because I am was born into the Baptist community. Um, they, it is a very exciting time. It's a, it's a celebratory time. It should be across the board, right? Okay. But we went into the pastor's office. We talked to him for a little bit. And he, he, he told me that, okay, well, now you have to get baptized. We're going to baptize you. And you know, Baptists, we baptize. That's what we're going to do. You're going to get dunked under that water. You know, they do it a little differently than I would. You know, some people need to be held under a little longer until they really get saved, right? But no, I got baptized, and and I still wasn't exactly sure how to be a Christian or what being a Christian meant. I just know that God called me. And so I got baptized. And I I remember that, that coming out of the church, I was. I was walking outside and they gave me this, this NIV Bible. I wish there was something here big enough to show you how big this Bible was, but it could choke a donkey, okay? This, this Bible was, was this thick and it was just, just huge, but it had my name on it and it was mine. So they gave that to me and I was so excited I still didn't understand what needed to happen. then I walked out in the, the foyer and I, I saw I was, I was almost like a little local celebrity because all my friends were like, hey, you got baptized, hey. And so we all kind of walked out together. Okay, I don't, I don't really, again, I didn't know what was going on. But I got to the little, the little board there. And if you've ever been to one of those churches, they've got just about every tract you can imagine and devotional books and literature and all kinds of things. It's all over the place. I took one of each I had, no, I mean, I took women's devotionals and, and, and probably the equivalent of Jazzy Jewels back then. I was going to read me some Bible. I was going to know something about what it meant to be a Christian. And I said all that to say this, is that even after grabbing everything I could grab, even, even after grabbing that Bible that was mine, and I, I did start to read it, but then there came a time that it started to collect dust. And all those brochures that started to take up room where my video games should be, they went into the trash. And so, you know, after getting saved, you you think your trajectory should be up. Okay, you're here, you're at the bottom, and you're going up. should mine kind of looked like more like a confused stock report would be up up down down uh oh down and so it was that's that's where i was i i, I fell there were so there are peaks and there're valleys most of us if you're not sadistic you want to stay on the peak okay you want to be up there but there are valleys and so there comes times where we soon fall away. Okay? That's just real. That's real talk right there. This is where the need or our need for revival comes in. But first, I'd like to say, I'd like to bring this up. Matt, you can go ahead and put up that first slide. You know, we need to hear what revival is. And and Pastor defined it so well last week. I'm not going to reinvent the wheel. Okay? says revival is to live again to rekindle into flame a spark nearly extinguished man the dictionary says an improvement in the condition of strength of something recovery a rally an upturn an upswing a comeback a restoration rejuvenation an instance of something becoming important again a highly emotional evangelistic meeting or series of meetings. see that's the dictionary. So my question is how do we get revival? Well, the Bible's very clear. How do you get what you need when you need it? you ask It's very simple. the NLT in uh, matthew seven seven it says, "Keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for I'll repeat that again: Keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you that's it have to ask. See, here's the deal. Here's what I see with asking, though. When we ask God for revival, among everything else we ask God for, we approach Him like a bum in a parking lot in a Walmart wanting five dollars. You know, we all know the type. We've we've been there. We've we've been in the parking lot and you you see the guy standing over there and it's you can tell. You you just know that this guy is going to ask you for money. So you don't make eye contact and you're okay, he's he's coming. Let me. If I get to my car really quick and and get in here, we can get out of here and he won't be able to to fish through the cars there. But then he catches us and then he gives us the story and sometimes he gets us 5 bucks. You know what I mean? We've all been there. See, we get our fix from God and then we leave not to be seen again until the next time we need a fix. Or the next time any need arises, we'll catch him in a parking lot somewhere and be like, God, 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 guess what, guess what? And he's like, oh, man. Let me see if I have that five bucks. Do you hear what I'm saying? But the point point here is that, you know, we're asking. But you may not receive what you're going to ask for until you start showing some persistence. Because just remember, God's timing is perfect. He has things in store. He knows what you're going to ask. But His timing is perfect. You may not be ready for it. So He knows what's best. Amen? See, I got that fire. All right. You're going to mean it by the end of this. So what are we really asking for? This is, you know, I I love, if you've heard me speak at all, you know that I love the the darker stories of the Bible. I just... For some reason, I'm drawn to it, which that's, that'll be my horror movies. I don't watch horror movies, but this will be my horror movie, okay? In Mark 5, one of my favorite stories, it says Then they came to the other side of the sea, talking about Jesus, to the country of Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one could bind him. Not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone tame him. See, that sounded real familiar to me, because there weren't many people that could tame me. There weren't very many people that could tame this man right here. In fact, it says no one could contain him, even with their, their irons and their shackles and their chains. So It sounds to me what's going on right here is there's somebody in some serious need of a revival. And it goes on and it says, And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. See, this guy, he knew he had a problem. And the only thing he could do was call out and cry out. This guy might not even have known who he was crying out to or what he was crying out. But God hears your pain. Moving on, it says, when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him. Ran. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. See, here's what this said to me. This guy was full of demons. Something recognized Immediately, who was in control? Where they ran. They ran, and we'll go into this, but they ran to worship Him. The demons were inside this man. They ran to worship Jesus. They knew His name. For He said to him, Come out of the man, unclean spirit. Then He asked him, What's your name? And he answered saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. Also he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. Now a large herd of swine, everybody say bacon. Now a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountains. So all the demons begged him saying, Send us to the swine that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave them permission Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. There were about 2,000. 2,000. That's a lot. Everybody say, that's a lot of bacon. That's a lot of hamburgers with no bacon. I'm messing with you now. And the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. Get this, so those who fed the swine, meaning somebody was taking care of those pigs, so those who fed the swine fled, and they told it to the city and in the country, and they went out to see what it was that had happened. Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon possessed and had the legion sitting and clothed in his what in his right mind and they were afraid see when revival comes miracles happen people get released from demonic oppression demonic possession when when Jesus walks into the room these things have to recognize who is the boss who is in charge So the guy was sitting in his right mind. Which means it was there before. And they were afraid. See, miracles are going to happen. But I think a lot of us are really scared of a miracle. We want it to happen, but then when it does happen, we get afraid because... I don't, rem- I don't know if you remember, but a couple weeks ago we had prayer time it grew silent. The power of God was here, and His presence was here. And there was a fear. It wasn't a bad fear. There was a healthy fear. But if if you don't know what's going on and you don't see these things, and you don't you don't know who your Creator is, who's doing this, there's a good chance you can be afraid of a miracle. And they were. And it goes on to say, and those who saw it told them how it happened to him who had been demon-possessed and about the swine. Then they began to plead with him to depart from their region. Okay, see, let me put this in perspective for you. See, the town folk were upset. They saw what happened. They saw the swine run off. They saw the man sitting in his right mind. They were scared. They were upset. Why? Why? It's because revival had just taken place. But Jesus messed with their stuff. Jesus messed with their money. How much bacon can you get out of 2,000 pigs? See, Jesus, when he comes in for revival, he might mess with your stuff. they were mad and then it says they asked him they pleaded with him to depart from their region it means get out of town have we heard that before? hasn't revival tried to take place here? and what did we do? we ran him out of town did we not? and then it goes on to say and when he got into the boat he who had been demon possessed begged him that he might be with him However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you, and how he has had compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him, and all marveled. See, so what we read there is there was a man. He was in need of revival, was he not? Then we see him calling out day and night. He was cutting himself. He didn't know what to do. I can only assume that the pain that he was causing himself, his bodily injury, was probably not anywhere near the amount of pain he was experiencing mentally. But God heard him. Jesus heard him. And see, then we see the demons recognized Jesus and ran to worship him. And they knew his name. Then we see Jesus, He started messing with some stuff. started messing with the people's pigs. And it never really says they acknowledged the miracle. They were more concerned about what Jesus actually messed with than the miracle that He performed. And they were scared. And then what did they do? They asked Jesus to leave. You're messing with our stuff. Those things I hold so dear. You're messing with it. Why are you doing that? He's got to. If you want revival to come, He's got to. Then it goes on to say the man wanted to stay with Jesus, but what did Jesus say? He said, go. Go. Why did He say that? See, the man... By definition, by pastor's definition, the man was back to where he used to be. To back back to where he should be in his right mind. And that's what revival is. It's getting us back to where we should have already been. And Jesus had to go. Jesus had other stuff he had to do. Okay? He did the miracle. He released the man from his torment. I don't know what all of your testimonies are around here, but I know that there has been torment in my life. And there have been things that that I just really don't speak about a lot, but but I know one thing. I know that God took those away from me. And if you've ever heard one of the most powerful testimonies, it's somebody who's been just absolutely redeemed from the bottom of a barrel So Jesus sent him. He sent him out. He said, "Go tell people what I can do. Go tell people what I did. Show them I can." He got healed, but I guarantee you, he still had scars. He could share that. He could share Jesus now. Come on, say I got that fire. That's right. So here's the deal. When revival shows up, what happens? What happens when revival shows? I have a few things. That Holy Spirit fire that I was talking about. Remember, that's what revival is. The Holy Spirit fire. It begins to burn again. That's the power. There's power. A hunger for the Word starts to come back. You want to learn about Jesus. You want to hear the things that He has to say. That hunger gets back inside of you. You realize or you remember that, hey, you serve a holy God. Which means you want to in turn be holy. You want to be closer to Him. You want to be holy with Him. We can pursue after holiness, right? Guess what? Your region, the place around you, your house, your neighborhood, West Ashley, Charleston, legacy begins to be impacted when revival takes place. And not just legacy. Every church. See, if we get the bigger picture and we know that it's not about here and we take our vision off of these four walls and we begin to see past that, we begin to see the hurt that's outside in this community right here alone. Revival can take place. People begin to run to the house of God again. I remember pastor sharing a story um, uh, when nine eleven happened, and he said uh, he brought clay out to the window and, and showed him as the people walked. Across streets and and down the sidewalk, and they were coming to the house of God. Why is that? Because they knew whether they want to claim Jesus as Lord or not, they knew that that's the answer. Worship begins to happen. if you haven't worshiped in a while and you haven't just let loose and just enjoyed the presence of God and told Him how much He means to you and told Him who He is and remind Him that you love Him, worship begins to happen. That's what happens when revival shows up. So I told you I was going to be short. So, but finally, how do we bring in revival? It's a good question. And here is what just really got me today. I'd like everybody to go ahead and stand. Matt, if you can go ahead and put that next slide up. Because we're going to corporately say this. I promise you I didn't talk to anybody else here today. I promise you. I didn't talk to my father. I didn't talk to Brad. I didn't talk to Ms. Dot, did I? But I want to read this out out loud to everybody. I want everybody to just say it. I want this to be just the statement that we make today because this right here it's needed if you were called says if you were called you humble yourself that's a hard thing to do right i know it is for me that means you might have to say you're sorry That means you might have to... Here's a hard one. You might have to zip your lips. That's a hard one, isn't it? Then it goes on to say, pray and seek my face. And what? And turn from your wicked ways. So, you can do all these things, but if you don't recognize... What, what wicked is? You have to call it what it is. It's wicked. Then, then you'll hear from heaven and I'll forgive their sin. So let's say this out loud together. Second Chronicles 7.14 If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. So you get your eyes, you unfocus them off of self. You have stuff to take care of. Yes, you have to ask forgiveness, but then you stop looking at yourself you have to get a heart for wanting your land healed. Our land needs healing. Our land needs a revival. I can't think of another story right now that is another land that needs more healing than us. We, as America, should be leaders. You can't schedule a revival. I'm learning that. It's not 6.30 to 7.30. In fact, I think if God had His choice, He would make it not between those hours. He said, oh, for years, you've been having a revival here, or you've been calling this revival. I'm going to do it at 5.30 in the morning. I'm going to mess with your stuff. I'm going to mess with your sleep. Uh-oh. God's getting in some grills. You can pray for it. But when God really shows up, are we going to be ready? So here's the question you need to ask yourself. And you you need to be very honest with yourself. And I had to do the same thing. I I wrote it and I almost threw the paper away because I didn't want to say it out loud. But you have to ask yourself if you need revival. So you could be in the same room and revival can happen. But if you don't admit that you need it, you'll miss it. See, revival happened in that story. A man was delivered from over 2,000 demons. And the town folk missed it. They kicked Jesus out of town. You can't schedule it. You know, the first, first part of fixing a problem is admitting there is one. Are you in need of revival? Yeah. We didn't plan any anything together. I just heard what Miss Dot said and it was just just amazing, but the Holy Spirit is here. He's in Legacy Church right now. And he wants to catch us on fire. And this is this is this is the part, if you don't think you can get caught on fire, if you're in such a rut and you're so dry and you're dead inside, I want you to know that the deadest and the driest branches catch fire the fastest. So what if miracles happen? They might. I think it'd be a miracle for some of us to get delivered of our sin. God may, might even want to mess with your stuff. Your money. Pastor Rob, stop talking about money. That hurts. It's a sore subject. But if He did come and He was here, are we going to send Him away? Will we take what we received from the revival and then go tell? Go tell everybody. See, revival brings us back to where we should be so that then we can go and do what God has for us, what He's always had for us. So I pray, I pray for revival, I, I I wait for it, I crave it. We've talked about it. I have faith that it will happen. But will it happen because of my prayers? My faith? How about my obedience? Ooh. God help us. We must pray intensely. We must also realize that revival may not look exactly how we think. God is God, amen. He is holy, and when His presence shows up, we have to be prepared. He's prepared. We have to make ourselves prepared. We need to be prepared to lay down everything that has ever been so close to us. Whatever that may mean for you. I've lost some things through the years. But it was a good thing. I wanted to hang on to it. I wanted it so bad, but I knew that if I did, God wouldn't go with me. So, do you have that fire? Do you even want that fire? And if you did get it what would it burn away? see fire, fire it's a refiner. It burns away all the things. What would that fire burn away in your life? What would be left? And I, I preached quick just because I wanted to give opportunity. There's things that each of us, even myself, have to take care of. You know, revival is coming, it's just a question of when. It's not if, it's when. God's Word says it's coming. Am I going to be ready? Or is it going to happen and pass right by me? See, I was dry. (laughs) It was bad. You can ask my wife. That lady's put up with a lot. But I finally got tired. Of having my hands on it. On this thing that God has in my life for me. And I just finally said, you know what? God take it away from me. I don't deserve it. It was just like that. Just like that that God began to put the joy back in my life. I started waking up in the morning happy. Happy. And if you've ever had your joy stolen from you, I know exactly how it feels. And I am sorry. But it is about time that we started claiming back the things that God has given us and all the gifts that He's given us. Because without them, we will die. That's where revival's coming in. God wants to revive this land. He wants to put us back where we should have been in the first place so that then we can go. He wants to put us back at the starting line and let us run. So I'm going to do everything I can personally to be ready. And I just want to encourage everybody here to do the same thing. Because there is a chance, and it showed it, there is a chance that you could miss it and you could run them out of town. But I'm going after Jesus. So if there's anything that... If you just need your joy back, if you just want to go after God like, like you used to, if you want to pray like you used to, if you want to worship like you used to, there's opportunity right now that you can get things straight with God. Because remember, we read it. It says, if my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek My face. Then turn from their wicked ways and I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. There's some houses in here today that need to be healed. That's your land. There's some relationships that need to be healed. Guess what? That's part of your land. I'm tired of the enemy coming in here and taking our land and taking taking dominion over it. I'm not going to allow it anymore. And if there's some land that you need to get back, today's the day to do it. Don't wait. We can walk out of this building today. Miss Dot, you can be, yeah, you can be overflowing with that joy, and I promise I just, I just got it back recently is the most amazing thing that I've ever experienced in my life. And I'm excited. And hopefully you can say it now and mean it. See, I got that fire. See, I want that fire. And if it's gone back, you can get it back today. So I'm going to call. I'm going to allow whoever needs to come up to the altar to, to be able to do that. I'm going to get this podium out the way. We're just It's okay to get a little messy. Okay? Pastor's not here. He can fuss at me and lash at me later. But I'm okay with messy. I should be. i got four kids. But it's okay. See, we can have fun and worship a holy God at the same time. Because I'm serious about my relationship with Him. He sees me in the good and He sees me in the bad. He knows everything before I even tell it to Him. And I'm just ready. I'm ready to once again be drenched in His presence And be drenched in His love. And be drenched in His joy.